Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we're chatting with my friend, Vincent Puglisi. Vincent was a very successful sports photographer, was at the pinnacle of his uh, career, um, very well known all over. He got to travel these really cool events, Super Bowls and wrestling events uh, for photographers. He was looked up to as like, wow, you're doing really, really well. But inside, he was just not happy. He was uh, got to a point where um, he was only making $32,000 a year and just wanted more. And a conversation with his dad caused him to think, well, there could be something else. His dad challenged him to start his own business. And so he and his wife started a wedding photography business and did really, really well with that um, after building that up and then decided to go a completely different direction. He wrote a book called freelance to freedom. And he started getting questions about how he's living the life that he lived. Like, cause he and his wife were able to travel, um, from October to April, uh, was the, the less busy time with wedding photography. So they didn't do any, they didn't have any gigs during that time. They just traveled the world, uh, with their sons, got to do some really cool things. And as he met people, everybody's asking, how are you able to do what you're doing? And so when people ask you, how are you doing what you're doing? That's a clue. You could teach something. So he's now got a membership program. He's got a mastermind events. He's got live events around this whole freelance to freedom of business that he's created. Uh, and so he, just a super successful guy, um, very low key though. And he said he's um, not well organized, but man, it's working for him. Uh, I love his business model. He's got a, a membership community of people where he's teaching how to grow a business to have the financial freedom that they want to have. And our conversation is really good because he talked. We were talking about how to start with what kind of life you want to live. What do you want your day to look like? And let's fit your business around that. So. I just love this guy. He's got a lot going on. Um, I, his new book is called The Wealth of Connection. Encourage you to grab that. Go to totallifefreedom.com to check him out. Check out his membership, his mastermind events, his live events, and grab his new book, uh, The Wealth of Connection. Here's my interview with Vincent. Vincent, welcome to Streams of Income, man. Ryan, what's going on, man? It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Yes. Finally get to connect. I just have enjoyed seeing you over the social media marketing world um, several times and met it through Dan Miller, of course. Lunches and, and coffees at different conferences or never yes. at our homes, always in a different city where we're at some event, Florida or exactly. California or wherever. to get to Florida. Absolutely. You let me know. You let me know. We will hang out. We love Florida. My wife loves Florida. I could see eventually having a second home there at some point later down the road. Get in now because it keeps going crazy. Exactly. Cool. Well, I want to talk to you about your, you have an awesome story. Let's just jump in there. I love hearing people's stories. Um, to me, it's so encouraging, enlightening, inspiring. We'll pull nuggets of information from there, see where this goes. But tell me about what you doing and how you start. I know you started as a photographer, which is really cool because I'm a sports fan. So, oh, is that right? Yeah. It's funny because, like, when I get asked this question, I always get challenged because I'm like, I'm kind of like a cat with nine lives. Like, there's <laughs> like, if it was a DVD, there'd be different areas that you can fast forward yes. to. 
So I'm yeah. kind of like, I'm always like, where do I start? Because yeah. there's not really, a, there's a, there's all these different starts. Which way do you want to go? Yeah, let's start with you. I mean, I love your photography. I know that's that's your past life, but yeah. um, we are we are all on a journey and yeah. you wouldn't be where you are now if you hadn't started somewhere. So let's no. go back to your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, it's, it's a huge part of my life, my story. And even though I, I haven't done it for four or five years, because everything has kind of expanded in different ways since then, but I was... You know, as we were talking earlier, like I was kind of a lost youth. I was a terrible student in school. I could not wait. <laughs> I can't say even to graduate because I didn't even know that I was going to graduate. I learned the day before high school graduation that I was even going to graduate. So if you're listening to this podcast and you have a kid that's struggling, like realize there's a lot of hope out there if, you know, if they're not doing well in school. I just knew school wasn't for me. I just knew it. I knew I was with my guidance counselor at 16 years old. And she said to me, what do you want to do with your life? And I looked at her and I said, I have no idea. All I know is I don't want to wear a tie. And she got mad at me. She literally got mad at me. And I was like, she goes, no, I'm serious. And I said, no, I'm serious. I looked back to her coworker. She's in this tiny little cubicle with like this little office with an orange light that was so incredibly depressing. Every time I walked in there, I wanted to just like quit life. I'm done with, this is her job. She's asking me what I want to do with my life. And I literally looked at her co-partner and I said, he's, I don't want to wear a tie like he's doing right there right. In, in an office all day with no windows. Yes. And she told me, she kicked me out. She said, get out. Wow. And, and I think back on it. I even wrote it in a new part of my, my new book where such a lack of curiosity came from there. And if she would have said to me, listen, this is what we want you to do. You should go be an accountant. She told me to be an accountant. If anybody knows me, the worst job in the world for me is being an accountant. That's what she was gearing me towards. And if she would have said, listen, the school system, it's here to in place. We got to keep you in order. We can't let you do what you want to do. Otherwise, we can't control you. Like if, this was, if this was an honest conversation, but realize like you're into sports because like, they knew it's the only thing I cared about, sports and music, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you like sports. Listen, you're never going to be more than 5'10 and you're slow as ever. You're never going to make it as an athlete. If they would have said that, are you cool with that? Of course, I, I, you know, I'm never going to make it. But if you like sports, you realize there's a whole industry out there mm-hmm. that you could be a part of, meaning you could be a statistician, you could be a reporter, you could be on the grounds crew, you could yeah. do the scoreboard, and you could be a sports photographer. Can you imagine that? You could literally be on the field getting paid to photograph your heroes, and they'll mm-hmm. feed you at the same time for free. Yeah. Like, yeah. If she would have said that to me, I would have been like, I'm all in. I would have been the best student at that high school. Mm. Instead, I was the worst because I had no interest in anything they were teaching me. Yeah. So I left school and I floundered around for years. I got arrested and I was, you know, four different majors and five different majors in college, all these different jobs. And um, one night I was just completely lost, 22 years old, moved back in with my parents and didn't know what to do. And I woke up literally that I got caught stealing from a job that I worked at. That that was my nightmare that I got caught Mm. stealing. And I woke up in a dead sweat and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Mm. It was the first time I asked that. I didn't ask it when I was 17 or 18. It was when I was 22. What am I doing? And my dad came downstairs and me and my dad didn't get along. As you can imagine hearing from my past, why we didn't get along. It was my fault. Um, And he went to get a glass of water. I'm sitting at the dining room table at two o'clock in the morning. I said, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And he said, so simply, didn't even look at me. It's almost like he had this planned out waiting for years to say this. And he said, well, you like traveling. You love sports. You like taking pictures. I had like a little point and shoot camera. He goes, why don't you become a sports photographer? And I'm like, is that even a job? Like, that's real. And then I started looking the next day. I'm like, 
wait, there's people on the field taking, they're in the yeah. photo box, they're in the dugout. Right. right. So I, so I literally started buying the cheapest ticket. I was in New York to Yankee game and Met games. Uh-huh. And I would sneak down to the front row. I would, I would learn the security guards mannerisms. This is, this is the beauty before like cameras, right? I literally would go to Yankee stadium. I would, I would be at the edge of the, the top level, like the lower level, but the second halfway through. Mm-hmm. And I'd watch the security guards. And at the end of the inning, they'd walk down to the, to the, by the dugout. And then when it started, they'd come back up. So mm-hmm. I kind of timed it and I'd walk behind the security guard halfway and I'd sit in a seat. And then when they came back up, as soon as they passed me, I'd go out and I'd go all the way. So with, by the second inning of every That's game, awesome. I, was the, I was in the front row of every game. Wow. There's always, always one seat. I had my camera and I always positioned myself by the photo well where the photographers were. Mm-hmm. So for eight innings, I got to look over their shoulder what they were doing. It was the mm-hmm. best school I ever went to, even though I didn't pay anything for it. <laughs> And then I would ask the photographers, what, what kind of camera do you use? What kind of film do you use? Who do you work for? How'd you get? Then I would come back the next day with mm-hmm. newspapers and I'd say, how'd you get this picture? Like, what were you? I would literally be interviewing them. Wow. And, and, I, and I do this all season long. And then eventually one thing led to another where somebody kind of introduced me to somebody. And then I wound up going to a, a get together where there was um, photographers talking. I wound up getting an internship at Newsday in New York, mm-hmm. making $25 a day, but it was it was better than me making yes. $200,000 a year to a job I didn't want. Yes. That, and that led to an internship for Bruce Bennett Studios, which is the National Hockey League, then Newsday in New York. And I'm getting published in, I mean, long story longer. It's a lot, but like I'm getting published in magazines and newspapers and hockey cards. So that was a couple of years hockey later. Cards. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Magazine. Then I got, then, you know, you learn on the job. Mm-hmm. So I'm working for Bruce Bennett, who's team photographer for the Rangers and Islanders. So I learned how to light entire arenas for free. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not getting paid. I'm an intern. I was, uh, so they called me the Vintern, right? That was my nickname because, and then, and, and there's no joke. I literally got, they, they hired me at minimum wage. I'm yeah. like, oh, thank goodness. I'm not, I'm not the Vintern anymore. Right. And Joe Lazito looks at me and he goes, he goes, you're minimum wage now. Minimum. Like, oh, I can't escape these nicknames. <laughs> so. So I learned so I learned how to like set up strobes and lights and power packs. I learned how to light entire arenas for hockey cards. Wow. So then Tom Buchanan, who worked for the World Wrestling Federation back in their heyday, like the late 90s, mm-hmm. called up Bruce and needed a photographer to travel because they were blowing up. This was Stone Cold Steve Austin and yes. The Rock. Uh-huh. And so they said they they said they liked me, they recommended me. So then I started going on the road with WWF during all their stuff. Wow. And one thing led to the other, and it just kept growing. That's how that's how it started. That's so cool. What's one of your favorite moments of photography? Oh, the, the, the one I always, there's a million, but the uh-huh. one I always remember, cause I never thought I'd make it. I remember even in 1994, when I started my mother's friend, her husband had a photography studio uh-huh. and his partner, I went to go ask him about it. And I told him I want to be a sports photographer. And he just laughed at me. He said, everybody wants to do that. Nobody can, nobody makes it. He goes, you better off being a portrait photographer like me. He's doing still lifes. <laughs> and I looked at him like, who do you think? Like, I'd be miserable doing still life yes. portraits. So I remember leaving and being like, forget you. I'm going to go do this anyway. And then in 2002, I was working for a newspaper. I was covering St. Louis Rams mm-hmm. back in the you know, greatest show on turf. Yeah. And uh, they make it the Super Bowl. I get the assignment. So I go to New Orleans with my wife. She's, the rep- she's in the press box. I'm on the field. Awesome. And I'm literally in the huddle as the Patriots and Tom Brady run out. And no, like when you see the videos of it, like they're in the, in the, they got introduced as a team, the first team ever to do that, not individual. I was literally 
at midfield with them wow. taking pictures as so I'm I was you know 30 feet 30 yards from Brady when Adam Vinatieri kicked the game winning field goal in his first oh, Super Bowl that's wild and, but that was the one thing when I walked down to the field of the Super Bowl I saw the lights I saw you know Paul McCartney to my left and Mariah Carey and Rush Lim, all uh-huh. these people and I remember thinking I finally made it and I thought yes. about that guy that told me not to do it seven years earlier and I was like I did it yeah so. Wow. So when did that discontent come in? Because that sounds like a pretty cool. I, I mean, you're a sports fan. You're really good at this. You're at the top of your career. Like, yeah. when did you just like, oh, this is not what I want? Well, it started happening a couple of years later. You know, uh-huh. so you see, those are the good stories. But you don't hear the bad stories of like, I'm working for a newspaper in Indiana, which I love. It's a great newspaper, but I'm making $32,000 a year. Mm-hmm. My wife's making $30,000 a year. We were eight months pregnant with my youngest son, with our youngest son, who's mm-hmm. now 16. And Elizabeth wanted to be home with him. And yeah. how do I, now I have to be an adult. This is not just about my career, right? right? And I'm like, how do I do this so she can be home and we could raise them the way that we want? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, you know, I, I just won International Sports Photographer of the Year. It was the biggest award you could possibly win. Wow. And we have a baby on the way. So everybody told me this is where you get your bump and raise. So I'm thinking, oh, they give me $10,000 a year or whatever it would be. If they were to give me $10,000 a year, I would have been like, amazing. $42,000 a year. I would have been just thrilled. <laughs> and I would have been fine with it. And I walked in and, and my boss says to me, he goes, you've done amazing. He went through all my accomplishments above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of rubbed his eyes and he was like, um, but we can only give you 3%. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And he said, just feel better that nobody's getting anything. Nobody else. He's because you've worked so hard. We gave you, we pulled for 3%. We tried to get you uh-huh. four, couldn't get you. Th- and I walked out of there and I remember standing there being like, it's over. Like, mm-hmm. I can't do this for the rest of my life. And by that point too, it's like the celebrity side of it, the travel side yeah. of it, it does get a little bit old after sure. a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you do it, you accomplish it, you're around it. I'm not going to be 65 doing this for peanuts for my, just for the stories, right? <laughs> so I went home and I, and I didn't know what to do. I was really yeah. scared actually, because I'm like, my wife wants to leave her job. We have yeah. a baby coming. I'm not making enough money. Mm. It takes up all my time. And I called my dad to see if I could do some extra work for his business. He has a business in New York, you know, drafting, and, and I could do some side work. And he told me no. So I'm like, now my dad's rejecting me. Like, this is the worst day ever. Like, my dad's telling me no. And, uh, and he said to me, he goes, I've been trying to tell you this. You haven't listened. Maybe you're going to listen now. And it got my attention. He goes, you have a skill, but you're not using it correctly. He said to me. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, you've become a good photographer. You weren't good, right? You've worked really hard, but you can now write your own ticket. You can go on your own. You can have your own business. You can set your own prices. You can set your own hours. You can turn down work you don't want. You can work. You can do weddings, commercial, sports. You can do anything you want. Yeah. And you're settling for $32,000 a year and benefits. Mm-hmm. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks because yeah. I was, I was like so many people like, well, I really can't do more than this and be happy. You've got a job, that whole mentality, just be happy and don't strive. And he was absolutely right. Mm. So I hung up with him and I got the phone book out. If you still remember phone books, they used to have those. And I called 10 photographers in there that had their own businesses to see if I could work with them and learn or, you know, and, uh, you know, let's start my own business eventually. And every one of them turned me down. Maybe they don't want to, you know, train the competition. And I took the phone book and I threw it against the wall. I was so angry. I remember just being so hot. It was a summer days. And I, and I, and I said, well, if you can't beat them, join them. That's what everybody says. I said, no, well, if you can't join them, you're going to beat them. Yes. So I called my, 
eight-month pregnant wife and told her we're starting a business, which we'd never done before. <laughs> and she's like, what? I'm like, trust me, we got to do this. Mm-hmm. So we said, the quickest way to start is weddings, mm-hmm. which, which we never want to do because we're journalists. We're too good. That's how we thought. Yeah. But we started, but we booked a couple of weddings and before we, I mean, not before we knew it, but within a year, we built a six-figure wedding business and then mm-hmm. really said, hey, we're going to pay off all of our debt with our wedding income. We're going to pay off our house. We're going to do everything. And we're going to get a life of freedom. So that's what we did. We spent three and a half years. We built the business, uh-huh. paid down all the debt we had, paid that, paid off our house. And then I went back to my, I worked at the job at the same time, the whole time. I, we did both. Literally two and, a, two and a half, three years later, quit the job, no debt, six-figure business. And I'm working 20 to 30 days a year. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and that was, that was the freedom that it started. And then we... You know, that, that, that was kind of the beginning of that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And how'd you go from that to where you are now? What's because you're now that like, you've traveled all over the country. I remember when your first book, you were, you did a book, book tour. Um, yep. You had the freedom to do that. Um, we did a thank you tour. Yeah. 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 So, so what happened was it was, it was essentially seven or eight years of John Lennon, you know, talked about like the book, watching the wheels. If anybody remembers that song, it's like, he was kind of just enjoying life. He wasn't worried about being part of the show. And that's what, that was me for seven or eight years. We built the business very well. I had tons of time with our kids. Like we went to the park every day. We traveled. It was not about building this massive business. Right. It wasn't about that at all. Like we had more than enough. And I look back and regret, I'm like, oh, that was 2008. Like we could have really built an online empire because anybody, you know, we talk reference Dan Miller, he was doing things in 2006, 2007, 2008 that nobody else was doing. He's very ahead of the game, mm-hmm. online communities. I didn't do any of that. We just were yeah. photographers. Yeah. And I look back, if I want to really beat myself up, I'm like, we were top of the field then. We could have started and we could have been the OGs in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. We just, yeah. we just enjoyed it. Sure. Which I, which I do not regret. But around 2014, 2015, I started getting this there's more to this. There's more to my life and career. I started following much more Seth Godin and Gary Vaynerchuk and went to a conference. I met them there in 2014. I was like, all right, I'm going in this direction and started writing a book. And then that, cause I started getting people to ask me questions. How'd you build this life? Cause most yeah. photographers are struggling. You guys have this financial freedom yeah. and time freedom. When you guys were traveling, what were you obviously weren't doing weddings at that point? What were you, what was bringing in the money during no, the traveling time? We built it to where like, okay, weddings end around October. Mm. and they start back up around april and if we want them to you could always take more but those are usually lower price weddings during that time in october to april that you just completely could play that's awesome yeah i met met my friend ken carfagno and he's like it was mid-october he goes we have my next wedding we're wrapping up he's like when's the next one like april (laughs) he's like what do you have to do in between there i'm like whatever (laughs) i want to do and he was like what so that's when i started writing a book because everybody's like that's where freelance freedom came from wow and then when that book came out, all of a sudden, as you know, that's around the time we met is like the whole, all the a whole different world opens up yeah. of online income yes. of podcasting and all these other live events. And it's like, yes. so then eventually 2016, 2000, 2018, it's like, okay, we're kind of done carrying cameras. I don't want to, and, and we just kind of moved on and then yeah. haven't, haven't done since. Yeah. Was that a tough decision to drop the camera or is, um, or was your business such at a point that like, we got money coming in now and that we can, that income is not so yeah. substantial anymore. Yeah. We, we transitioned there, but it was more about, see, I go way more in terms of how do I want to live life than how much yes. money I want to make. Yeah. And it was more like, I don't want to do this anymore. 
Yeah. And, and, and if I did want to do it, even if it didn't matter about the money, I would have kept doing it. Yeah. But everything was changing. Even in the sports world, we used to have unfettered access. Like mm-hmm. anywhere I wanted to go, you do it. You, you know the players. And then it's like they start courting you off more and more. They start giving less and less access. And it's like, then you start becoming more of the corporate cog. And then I'm like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I did it. I was, yeah. you know, that, that moment in New Orleans on the field with Brady never would have had that anymore. It's yeah. all. So it's like, okay, you start to fade from that. So yeah, it was more like, yeah, I think we're just, I just, I always need a new challenge. And yeah. if I get to that point and I can't challenge myself anymore, I, I quit it or kill it yeah. and move on. Yeah. And people think I'm insane. Cause like we gave up a good six figure business and didn't sell it. We just said we're done. Yeah. That's awesome. People thought it was crazy. But I'm like, if money is not the center of your world, if you if freedom in your life is the center of your world, you could we could yeah. do it less if we wanted to, but also if you build it up, you won't have to. And yeah. then you can literally on the dime, I want to go do this now. And yeah. I just love adventure and I love challenges. So that's where we went. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I like how you said it. You're building your you're, you figure out what kind of life you want to have first and then what business fits that essentially, exactly. right? Is exactly. that how you would, if you were um, talking to somebody who's like, Vincent, I want to have a, I want to have the time freedom that you have too. It, would you have them start with, well, just tell me, you're probably, would you go, would you start with what kind of life you want to live before you'd even have this discussion of what business they would get into? I think it depends on the person. I, I I have a hard time giving a flat answer because everybody's in a different spot. Sure. Right. Somebody with, with a wife with four kids, right. And, and, and dealing with that situation of what is, what does your spouse want? Right. It's not just about you. It's not right. just about what kind of life that you want. Single person, way different. Yes. I'm like, stop with any fear. Just cut it out with any fear. Yes. Just if I, if you're the single person, the, honestly, knowing what I know now, move to where you want to live uh-huh. first. Because when we, and it sounds crazy, I never would know this, but moving to Florida, I used to deal with seasonal depression every winter and I couldn't understand it. I mean, deep stuff, December, Christmas time wasn't fun for me for many years because I was so down. Yeah. The darkness, the cold, you know, we move here and sunshine every day. And I'm like, I didn't get a lick of it last year, not a moment. So I'm like, if I would have known that I would have been here sooner. Mm. So I'm not sure that's for everybody, but yeah. for me it was. Um, but also, you, what do you, what kind of life do you want? We wanted to build a life that I could do my work from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So if you start with that, and it's such a, I hate saying that because there's so many scammers in that world that I hate to just go immediately there, right? But for us, it was true. It was like, where, what kind of, how do I want my schedule to be? And I want to be able to go to the park with my kids. We homeschool. I want to be able to go on trips, but I want to be able to work fluidly, meaning I can cut out for two hours while we're at this event in yeah. Orlando this weekend and get some stuff done. Don't have to yeah. be tied down to it, but I can, but also, you know, that dad's working for a little while, but then we're going to go to the park, right? Yeah. That was a big deal for us. So that's where it was like photography didn't really lend to it yeah. because yeah. if we book a wedding, that means I need to be in Pittsburgh where we live then in July. I'm yeah. like, well, I don't know if I want to be there in July. I want to, you know. This allows me to be wherever I want. So that's literally how we started this side of the business was really how do we want our life to be? Yeah. And that was the next phase. And so now we're going to build a business around that and yeah. everything else is, is not possible. I can't take that job doing that thing because it doesn't fit into this world. Mm-hmm. It forces you to eliminate a lot of options mm-hmm. and focus on the only ones that will get you there. And it was probably one of the best decisions we ever did because now everything's built around that. Yes. And if, 
And, the, and if I want to spend more time and build other, you know, as you say, income streams around it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we just build the next one off of, off of that one. Yeah. If that's, if that's a priority. So yeah, to me, and I, but I think also people have to be financially in a place and comfortable to do that. Right. You know, it, we leveled up towards, it's easy to say sure. it now, but we didn't right. have the debt. And we had yeah. the money. So it was like, For it sure. was easier to do with them. Yeah. You had more, you have more options that you say in your older book, freedom gives you options. Yes. Um, finance gives you options. And if you are in a position where you need to make money right now, well go get that photography job and yeah, and, go to work. Yeah. And, 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 and then it goes, becomes the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about what you want. I really don't. Yeah. I don't care about what you want. I do what you have to do mm-hmm. until you could do what you want to do. Yes. That's and good. So that's why I hesitate with even this message because I'm like, oh, people are like, I want passive income. And I'm like, you know, this passive income comes from active work. Yes, it does. <laughs> right. And everybody <laughs> thinks, oh, it's just going to be, it's not easy. No. It gets easier the yeah. more you do it, but yeah. it's not easy. And so I, we, we worked really hard for a yeah. really long time. And then, and now, like you said, we get to, we get to, you know, use those options how we want, but it wasn't that way to begin with. Yeah. But when you're in the process, the journey, like, I don't know, I, I look at, back at my journey and I, like, we used to sell furniture on Craigslist. I cannot imagine going back to that and doing that and doing deliveries. And, but I enjoyed that season. That mm-hmm. to me, if, if I could interview myself back then, I'd be like, I'm loving this because I'm not at a regular job. Yep. I get to set my own hours. It was kind of like a new job for me. Like, I kind of created a job, but it didn't feel that way to me. It felt, like freedom because I yep. wasn't, I was only working for myself. Um, so I loved that season. Um, but now it sounds like a complete nightmare to have to go back to that. Well, because I think because you didn't know then what was ahead of you. Right. Exactly. And right. where you were at right then was better than where you were yes. before that. So yes. never look down on the spot that you're exactly. at because you're learning. Right. right. Yeah. Don't and despise the, the day of small beginnings for sure. Totally. And, and like when you, we talk about like, I almost seem like I'm down on photography. I, I love the whole process mm-hmm. of it until it got to the point where I was like, well, these are these other things I want to do. Right. And yeah. this is holding me back from it. I'm so grateful for that oh, entire yeah. career. Yes. But I, but I wouldn't go back to it because now I know too much. Yes. But it was great then. And yeah. I think everybody, if, they, if you take that journey, I'm sorry. Go yes, ahead. no, it is a journey. And, and we, it sounds like coming from this end, we say that that was hard work and it was hard work, but it didn't feel like a, it didn't, it was still freedom. It was better yeah. than what we had before. And it was a good journey, but again, I wouldn't want to do it over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I think you'll see that in, in so many people's journey, right? Yeah. It's better than it was before, better than yesterday, yeah. but I don't want to do it again, yeah. but I'm so thankful for it. Mm. And when you're, when you're talking to people about this life that you have, is it, are, is it just like light bulbs in their head? Are, you're almost like giving them permission to feel like that this is actually even possible because yeah. most people are just thinking, I'm just going to be in this job for 20 years. Yeah, it stinks, but it's paying the bills and can't wait to, I, I can retire, but you're yep. flipping the switch and giving them permission to like, no, it doesn't have to be this way. It really does mess with people's minds. Yeah. Right. Because you get a lot of people that are really inspired by it and they're kind of overwhelmed because they've never thought about this. And I'm kind of baffled by that because my whole world is people that think about this. Right, and I'm like, who are you hanging out with? Right. That's the number one thing to think about. But then you get a lot of people that are like, it's just not possible. Yeah. Mm. And they'll tell, and I don't really try to, I used to try to convince them. I could be annoying as can be because <laughs> I'm like, cause I believe that people can do it. 
And, yeah. and I had to eventually learn in my own growth that you can't help people that don't want to be helped. Right. And that's why I do a daily podcast. If I'm not going to spend my time telling you, you should do it. Right. But I could do a seven minute thing every day that you eventually can listen to and believe. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not going to listen to your excuses right. about it. Yeah. So that's, and that's another thing of even, you know, your whole platform and creating stuff is like, okay, well, if people ask you a lot of questions about something, well, create something that could then go one to many. Yes. Because if somebody asked me a question, I could record a podcast about now thousands of people can listen to that. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to get on the phone with everybody about that. And I was like, wait a second. Oh, that can lead to a, to a membership that could lead to a subscription. Okay. And when I started seeing that world, mm. my mind was blown. That's what I love to show other people. Like you have a, everybody's got a skill. Yeah. And I think every person kind of relates to my dad's line, which is you have a skill, but you're not using it correctly. Yeah. And that's awesome that your dad said that because other dads would be like, son, you've reached the pinnacle. Just, you should be happy. Like stay mm-hmm. where you are, get that 3% raise. Um, but glad you have a dad job. caused you to think like, no, it doesn't like, it's cool that he challenged you in that way. Exactly. And, and that, that, so he's the dedication of my, my new book. That's yeah. the dedication to, it. I said to my mom, I said, I hope you don't mind. Like I only put, I, this was dad. Like, yeah. How do you do a dedication <laughs> without your mom? Like, but there was a, right. there was a specific reason for this yeah. because the whole message of what I want to do is like, I'm a challenger mm-hmm. and, and I, and I believe in people's potential and for him to be able to give me tough love that was honest, but caring, mm-hmm. it was caring, but it was tough. Cause it'd be very easy. Like you're fine. Just be fine. And he didn't. And cause he's, so, cause he was able to read the room and know where I was coming from. Yeah. He knew that just getting a 3% raise or a 10% raise was not going to where I can go to. Yeah. And he put himself out there to challenge, like to, to actually have me be mad at him, which yeah. I didn't, but I could have if I was right. Know. So, so I do that and I get people mad at me sometimes, but I get people that also appreciate it. Yes, for sure. Um, okay. So you were doing the photography stuff. You set that down. And then now what's that, that leads you into what you're doing now, which is, and I also want to talk about your new book too, but yeah. uh, tell me about what your business looks like now. Yeah. It's interesting because I started, you know, I'm writing this book, Freelance to Freedom, you know, years ago. And I wound up being a part of a, a dad's group and online, the dad edge Alliance with, with Larry Hagner. And I was a member of it. Mm-hmm. And I was very outspoken within, I was in a mastermind. I would, I would ask questions and I would do exactly this stuff. Mm-hmm. And Larry came to me, he goes, you know, you, you'd be a good facilitator at this. He said, would you, we're, we're opening up a, a mastermind for entrepreneurs for dads. Mm-hmm. Would you want to run it? And I was like, yeah, I was like, okay. I, I, cause I, I asked the questions anyway. And so then it was a paid thing, you know, you know, 65, 35. And so it was, it was a good thing. And, and I got, I got to have my own group. And so that led to it. And then, you know, over time it was like, well, I, I really enjoy this part of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then the book was coming out and then we kind of were going in different directions. I was going more towards the entrepreneurial world. He was going a different way. So I was like, okay, let's, let's make a split from this. He's as his own people. I'm going to go on my own yeah. now. And I went on my own. So literally as the book launched, then I started my own mastermind. Mm-hmm. And then that led to another one. Then that led to an online community. And then we do live events and then the book and then coaching. And then all of a sudden from one thing yes. comes all these multiple options. So that's yes. been about four years of, of building that out. Yeah. So you got multiple streams of income and what's cool about it is it's not like completely different. They're all in the same line. Yes. I, I, I call content. it, I call this, what's that? It's the same content. Essentially, it's just going deeper with you personally. Like I could be a part of your membership community, your online community, but hiring you as a coach, you're going to tell me the same stuff, but it's just, I'm, I'm getting you personally. So it's just a deeper level. 
if you we're, we're friends with Nick Pavlidis and he has a great, a great line. And I've, and I've adopted even just the mindset of, he goes, I'll give you everything for free. And he wasn't lying when he said, it. he goes, but what you pay me for is access and implementation. Mm. And so that was like, okay, well, I can do a daily podcast. Yeah. I can give the, I gave the audio book away for freelance to freedom, you know, for years, I gave it away, like read it because yeah. if you read it, Maybe you're going to trust me more. Maybe you're going to come to me and say, hey, I need you to answer this question for me. Well, at that point is when I start getting paid beyond you know, a $20 sure. book. If right. you want my time, if you want a coaching, if you want to be part... Okay, so there's one-on-one coaching with me. There is membership where you know I show up. And if you're there, you're there. If you're not, I'm still there from 12 to 1. Exactly. Which is really what I love because what yeah. I... And, you know, in the online coaching world... You have these, you know, I learned the hard way. You book a six o'clock call. You don't have dinner with your kids. And then they call you at 5.58. Like, you know, my kid's sick. I can't show up. And I'm like, I just blocked off this hour for you personally. Yeah. And now, so, but if you're part of the membership, I'm here. And if you want to be here during this time, yeah, I'm here. And that's, that was the graduation to that. Yeah. And then, oh, you can take that to different levels. And there's so many more, you know, if we weren't doing so much as a family, I'd, there's, there's, there's 20 different income streams easily. That oh, can yeah. build off. For sure. What's your membership look like? Cause I'm a membership guy. I know I would listen to you on uh, Shane Sam's show. Yeah. Um, and that was a good conversation. Of course, he's all about memberships. My, um, my legends group, where you teach people how to sell on Amazon Yeah. and that's a membership. And I have a, a partner with a guy to do an eBay one and a Walmart selling one. Um, so I love the membership model. So what, what does yours look like? What's the, the pieces of it and your commitment there? So it's simple. Like we used to have a lower priced, which uh-huh. we might bring in, which is just content only. We mm-hmm. just didn't find, I'm a connection guy. Yeah. So I know people that do that and they have thousands of people in there. It just, it didn't feel good to me to just have them. And we can still put that back and there's still some people in there, but it's dripped down, dripped mm-hmm. down content. There's no community. That's a lower level, which was I think $30 a month. And then $150 a month for, for the community, okay. which is, we have two calls a week and other oh, people nice. run calls. I run a Tuesday call and, um, and a great online community. And this is for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. This is for people looking to build businesses. And what we do is we try to bring in different types of people. I don't want mm-hmm. 87 coaches, mm-hmm. right? We have people that can you know, help with taxes, people that, you know, a- people at Amazon, people in the cleaning business, people oh, nice. in online course, all so we can go back and forth and learn from each other and collaborate together, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great collaborations. So there's that. And then there's the mastermind, which is $500 a month. And that is a weekly call with me and you know the mastermind group. And we used to have a couple of them. I eventually, I eventually kind of just, it was a little bit, it sounds babyish, but I was like two, two of those a week was a little too much for mentally because you want to be involved. So we eventually reduced that down and combined and have one of those and then the online community and then, and then the lower level. And then we do paid live events from there. And then obviously one-on-one coaching that comes off of that. That's awesome. Are you doing all the coaching or do you have coaches underneath you? Yeah. I'm too much of a control freak right now. I got to (laughs) go. It's it's basic. I mean, there's people that there are other coaches in there, but within our own thing, I'm right. I'm not the most structured guy when it comes to it. I'm very, I'm just freelance is in my name where it's like the coaching call is, us on the call, we are digging through it. There's no, there's no set standard to it. So there's nothing that I could really template for other people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's just the way that I am. And, and yeah, do you miss out on stuff? Sure. Do you enjoy yeah. the work that you like? Yeah. Yeah. So your membership is that uh, content that's, um, that is a library of content essentially. Mm-hmm. 
And then you've got the community where they can ask questions and then the two, two calls a week. Yes, exactly. That's pretty sweet. Online community and there's, there's, you know, Tuesday and Thursday call. Now the yeah. times are set. We used to bounce around a little bit. They're set, uh, you know, uh, and then, and then there's the, the elite mastermind that meets on Tuesday mornings. Okay. And yeah, but the whole your, thing with, mm-hmm. on your Tuesday and Thursday call, are they just question and answer like just uh, Q and A's or you have, no, no, we have in content. Yeah, we we essentially masterminds like we have a social media mastermind, oh, cool. you know, and we and we switch them around every month, so it's never the okay. same. It's just my personality, right? Yeah. We have a social media. We have um, we'll have two Q and A's a month. We'll have guest experts. We had Paul Cuneo who works with Tim Ferriss. He's a cop, copywriter for Tim to work on storytelling. We have a monthly storytelling mastermind, oh, which wow. is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, it's one on building a powerful network. So once a month, we just dive into that. And that's concepts of my new book. Mm-hmm. And then we have other people that run calls on real estate or whatever, oh, whatever cool. the vibe is, yeah. you know, within the group. So I love it, man. Yeah. And you're at 150 a month. That's real. That's an awesome membership. It's fun. And, and it's the type of yeah. thing where it's like, and, and we cap it too. So we don't, we don't want to make it a huge number. Sure. Because I think, and I think we could, I think talking about what you're saying, like we have other people leading and running in different levels to it, we, mm-hmm. it can easily go, you know, bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger. It's just, especially with writing the book and getting this down, like it's not, it wasn't interesting for me to build it out much sure. bigger yet, yeah. but the, the infrastructure is there to do that if we want. Yeah. That's awesome. Tell me about your new book. Yeah. It's, it, this is my favorite project I think that I've ever done because it's, it's the, I love freelance to freedom, but this is called the wealth of connection. And it's, it's, it's exactly this conversation right here. And so many people, it's like, we talk about the creation, like you talk about the membership and somebody's going to listen to this and they're going to be like, I want to start a membership, yep. which is amazing. But whether you do a membership or a book or a podcast, so many people fail and people don't want to talk about this because you hear the stories of the winners. You don't hear the stories of the losers mm-hmm. and, and the ones that lose kind of just go away and say, it's not possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And I started studying why do so many people write a book? And then have six reviews on Amazon. And then three years later, there's nothing. And they give up months. Later. Why do they put so much time into that? Mm-hmm. And they get so little success for what they wanted. Why is that? And I started realizing they start with the creation. They start with building the product. And then they go, oh, you know, hey, I need to get on Ryan's podcast, right? And they reach out to Ryan out of nowhere. And you don't know them. And you don't trust them yet. And then maybe you go, I'm using you as an example. I hope you don't mind, (laughs) you know, and then, and then you're like, well, I don't know this person yet. So I'm not, I don't know if I want to have on the show. So then they get rejected. Then they try to connect and they often, you see it. I see it. It's like, it's very selfish. It's very, how do I get what I want? How do I connect with this person? So I get, you know, I get into that world. Mm -hmm. And then they realize like, I'm not connecting well. And they're not curious and they don't have very much integrity. I see this on down the line because they have all these selfish goals. Mm. So when I saw that process run through so many times, I always flip things around. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Like one of my favorite episodes is the opposite where George does everything the opposite. It all works out great. for him. So that's this. So I'm like, what's the opposite of this? Mm. And I started breaking it down. It's like, well, it starts with, it starts with your character Mm. because you know this. And we know this in this world. Like when you have the Dan Millers of the world last for 30 years because they have character. Yeah, but there's people that are in it for a year or two. They do great thing. You never hear from them again mm-hmm. because they lack character, selfish, lack of integrity, dishonesty, whatever it is, flash in the pan. And I started realizing, well, when you have generous goals over selfish goals, meaning my goal here is to serve your audience and you the best that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's not about selling something. It's about how do we create the best conversation for you guys? It's a mm-hmm. generous goal. Well, what happens from that is eventually your selfish goals get attained. Right. Meaning without trying, somebody's down the road is going to be like, hey, I want to join this or I want to see you speak. Mm-hmm. There's no expectations with it because I used to have tons of expectations mm-hmm. and then I would get resentful when yeah. those expectations wouldn't happen. Yeah. So this is the whole, it's literally the first part of the book. First thing, no expectations and learning that. So the character part was generous goals over selfish goals. And then curiosity. So many people, especially now in 2020 after, after COVID have so little curiosity. Mm. They're so involved in talking about what they're doing and what they want to do. And they don't ask questions and they're not curious about other people. And you never develop close relationships without curiosity. Yeah. It only goes so far. Yeah. So the character and the curiosity are foundational pieces. Yeah. Right. And then you go from there and then it comes to connection. How do you connect with people? How do you listen? How do you have these conversations where you build trust and you build relationship? It's a deep part of it. That's yeah. not taught about anymore. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you have, when you have character and you have curiosity and then you start building connection, then it gets really fun because then you go to collaborations, the exact opposite of what the person that loses doesn't do. Right. Now you and I have met a couple of times, but over a handful of years, Mm-hmm. keep in touch and now we get to do this together yeah which is which yeah. is a great collaboration for everybody hopefully yes. right when you can do that and you can collaborate and you can build a powerful network around you and you know people that know people and you can help other people and you can introduce them and you could all lift each other up then when you go to start that podcast or write that book or start that membership you will have people ready for you you yes. will have people promoting you you will right. have people spreading the word about and it and success becomes so much easier and it's more fun. Yes, for sure. Collaborative. So that's Good. that's what I go through through this entire book from start to finish. I love it. Business is relationships. It, is, it, it, it truly is. But I think that's a lot of lip service that people say, but they don't, they do it knowing I want to get something. Right. And if you could do it without saying, hey, I did this for you, will you do this mm-hmm. back for me? And you realize... You can, there's no problem with asking. I'm an asker if you need something, mm-hmm. but you're not doing it like, hey, not, you, you, you helped me out. I helped you out. Now you can do it. like the whole, right. you scratch my, I, I can't stand that. I think it's, right. it's not a good way to go about business. So exactly. my whole goal with the book is to make the business world less selfish. Mm. That, that's my goal with it. That's awesome. Yep. You serve, what Zig Ziglar said, uh, you'll, you'll get what you want. If you help enough people get totally. what they want. Totally. Yeah. It's a complete ripoff of that. Because yeah. that line, we have it hanging up for our kids. And, mm. and literally when I heard that line, I was like, almost like there needs to be a book deeper yeah. about that. Yeah. And that was a lot of influence on this book. And you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> How can people find you? Yeah. Um, Total Life Freedom is our website. Um, we have a podcast, a daily short form podcast called Total Life, Freedom, Total Life Freedom Podcast. And the book, The Wealth of Connection is Amazon, anywhere where you can buy books online. Awesome. Benson, such a pleasure having you on. Anytime you want to come on, you just let me know. I appreciate it. This is a blast. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.